0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Spinning the Reel. I am your host Evan,
1: and I am your host Cody. And if you thought that was bland, it's because the other version of me of another timeline and another multiverse would have had something creative to say, but that's not me. This is this multiverse. Cody. Great job. So, what's going on, guys?
0: You really stuck the landing there. You're welcome. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Well, you uh, you already brought it up, so we're, we're talking about <laughs> Marvel this week again, as we've done a couple times on this podcast, but this time it's because there's actual new shit to talk about. Hey. We're going to be talking about the blockbuster hit of the summer, Black Widow. Oh, yeah.
1: We're going to play rec-
0: a, a fan favorite game, Cody. We What's are. That?
1: Tell them about it. It is the STR draft that we do. We pick five movies. And in this case, the STR draft is centered around, obviously, the Marvel movies. So there we go. It's the STR Perfect. Marvel draft.
0: Guys. I'm, I'm gonna win. I will win. I will no win. No
1: I will win. No, I but will win.
0: Great. You can keep believing that. Okay. And then finally, uh, we are going to close out by talking about the recently concluded series. Recently, I mean today, as we record this on July 14th. 2021 i wasn't gonna forget it there cody uh (laughs) we're gonna talk about loki and to do so we're gonna have on a special guest uh she is a friend of the podcast uh and the winner of our oscar pool this year uh it is our friend lemma so stick around for that and uh let's dive right in you don't know everything about
2: me i've lived a lot of lives before i was an avenger about this family, I made mistakes choosing between what the world wants you to be and who you are.
0: All right, Cody, today we are talking about a momentous occasion. We are talking about the biggest movie to release in movie theaters in probably two years at this point. It's the return of the MCU to theaters. It is Black Widow. Uh, this movie has been long awaited. Scarlett Johansson has wanted to do a solo Marvel movie forever. Uh, and finally, it's here. People have been waiting a long time. What is Black Widow, Cody? Well, what's going on? But uh, Black Widow is about it's about Scarlett
1: Johansson. It's about Black Widow. It's about it's Natasha. Not about Scarlett Johansson yes it is the person
0: it's, it, it's the her person. personal it's,
1: life story hey <laughs> now it's about natasha romanoff who obviously mm-hmm. aka black widow it's basically i want to say is it after see that's the thing I, i'm so bad with the whole mcu universe in terms of timeline it's yeah, after it's civil war correct it takes place directly after civil war yeah and it's just it's it's her backstory it's about family you know if f9 and all that wasn't good enough for you last week ladies and gentlemen we are back and it is all about family with this one and you know, her sister, obviously played by Florence Pugh. Absolute oh, delight, you. by the way. Rock. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, dad gets involved, too, and stuff, which is also, I think, a really good character. Uh, the Red Guardian. Guardian played yeah, by, played David by David Barber. So, oh, James, and, and, and Minnesota essentially is just another one of those MCU. Oh, boy. Paint Biz by ben. the pictures. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Paint by the pictures, you know. <laughs> This movie, honestly, is just like we talk about it. Like it was a two-year wait kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It, I believe it was, or technically, is the first movie of Phase Four, even though it was which is weird. Release. Yeah, yeah. It, this movie's just it's too late, right? Like that but is yeah. how I felt the entire way through. Like th- this sure. movie needed to be done such a long time ago, kind of thing. And that was before, obviously. Like the long anticipation of this movie, of course, was like I I felt like it hurt this movie more. So then even already being dated in itself. But uh, yeah, I, sure I, we'll I wasn't
0: going to jump into that quite yet. Let's let's come back to that point, because I want to I want to start off with something. I'm going to read you a quote from Kevin Feige, who is, of course, like the head of um, the MCU. And he did an interview with Rotten Tomatoes uh, last week uh, before the movie premiered. And his comment about it was this. It was every time we make a film. It is with the expectation uh, of delivering on a promise of an experience. And and that really stuck out to me in reading this, this whole interview, which was just, you know, kind of like self-flagellation or whatever, you know. Um, But that, that line stuck out to me because it really is true, right? Every Marvel movie isn't really a movie. It's not really a piece of storytelling. It's saying we're going to get people into a theater and we're going to get them super excited about like this action that's going on and like these characters that they already know from a billion other movies. This is about like giving people an experience, feeling like they were along for the ride with something, and like that's great for when you're in the theater and you're experiencing this movie. And like on a, on a sort of separate tangent, I just watched uh, Avengers Endgame again, which I think will come up in a minute. But watching that movie at home is such a letdown compared to the experience of watching it in theaters. Like that movie is built around applause lines. It's built around like these big hero poses and moments of heroes coming and showing up to back each other up. It's, it's the on your left line that, that uh, S- uh, Sam gives, right? It's the, uh, it's Captain America with uh, Mjolnir, right? It's all of these things that are built for an audience to experience together. And then the movie underneath it is pretty lacking. And, and that's sort of how I feel about a lot of the Marvel movies. And Black Widow is kind of that for me too. Like it is saying, all right, you wanted this. Here it is, Black Widow solo adventure. And it's built for like this theatrical experience. And it's, it's cool to see that thing in theaters again. But like, I couldn't help but feel like the movie underdelivered on some of the promises it made about like you said in, in the intro there, being about family and being about like the the feeling of abandonment and stuff. And like those elements that we're going to talk about in a minute that this movie's supposed to be about get overshadowed by the whole Marvel experience of it all in a way that that is worsened. And when we'll get into that, I think, by the uh, the release of the TV shows beforehand. So like in a, in a lot of ways, it's a movie out of time. There's so many points there carried away, Cody.
1: Yeah, no, I I saw this in theaters, I guess, because it was uh, accessible through Premiere Access. We didn't do any watch parties this time, ladies and gentlemen. So otherwise, we would have invited <laughs> you all. But uh, yeah, I, this would be super underwhelming. Marvel, for sure. It, I mean, you talk about Summer Blockbuster, the way Disney and Marvel do all their promotions and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Without a doubt, this is built for theaters. And obviously, I'm glad I was able to see it in theaters because it, it does add to the experience. Uh, on your note of the. Marvel of it all yeah you're right it, it's it's still so staple it's so you know I've seen a lot more Marvel now I feel like I've rewatched a couple Marvel movies and stuff and and just that you know it's like they're all in the room together and they're like no no no. here we are we need to keep this is the staple that we need to keep for our movies to keep the entertainment value for majority of right. their fans and stuff like here and I, I did we got have like a, a checklist huge, Yeah, and I had a huge problem with that as well, I believe, in terms of uh, when you talk about the family elements, when you talk about like the moments I loved most in this movie are the family moments, the moments where you actually right. get to see Black Widow's uh, character have that sister relationship, which was you know Florence Pugh, or have that abandonment issues with the way you know she was just abruptly left by you know the Red Guardian's character and and, and uh, uh, whatnot Rachel and character. Again. When you have those moments, it it was a lot better movie like it was more engaging it was more entertaining uh and when you then get all these big action scenes which it it's marvel and don't get me wrong i still you know still it's marvel so it's still for me fun to watch like you get these big but it takes away a lot of elements that uh were really definitely being developed in a better way uh the thing i alluded to in my uh initial review as well was I I love that because that's why the shows I feel like are doing so well on Mm -hmm. Disney plus for the most part is because you get more time to sit with these characters and develop something. Um, So on on that note, I guess it's cool to have a standalone movie. Um, But then right again, on the other flip side of that, it's like this movie is called black widow and almost everything about it was not even towards like her character. Like there was other movies where I feel like it was a
0: Yelena Belova launch movie, (laughs) is what it was
1: yes it was played by florence Pugh? uh yeah. i don't if anyone hasn't keep, been introduced keep saying it
0: keep saying it because we love florence Pugh on this podcast
1: yeah i mean she has plenty of practice being a good or bad sister she has plenty of practice being a sister <laughs> so that's for sure um but yeah it, it's on the other flip side of that too where it's like this movie is literally called black widow and i think it's unfortunate because at this point we all know she has you know passed away she's gonna be out of the mcu don't kind of spoil
0: thing. the end game cody Sorry, dude. At this point, you're 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 two years, three years. Do you remember at this that point. the the hashtag campaign? Don't spoil the end game. Don't spoil like the when that movie game. came out.
1: But uh, I mean, yes, this clearly, as even being titled Black Widow, almost had. It really was
0: like the beginning of Phase Four because they're just ready to bring in these new characters, well, especially and... with that post-credit scene, which I guess we can talk about in a minute, yeah. but. You made a really good point in there about the the series, and that's something that I want to I want to actually touch on because it's the I have all these ideas formulating in my head as I'm writing the review for Black Widow that is not finished yet, hopefully by tomorrow. But that's sort of the central thesis of of the way I think about this movie and how it's just so out of place in the MCU. because of just timing when they decided to release it, but then also the pandemic, which was uncontrollable, but it, it really created even more issues for this movie. And, and that's because of the Disney Plus series. So you mentioned it earlier. They have essentially decided that the MCU now is running on two tracks, movies and TV. And the TV series are not built to be these big action spectacular series. Uh, they're built to be character studies, right? This, they're really intimate looks at, I mean, for as much as we had some issues with WandaVision, that is a pretty intimate look at the way that uh, Wanda is dealing with the trauma of losing vision. <sighs> Falcon and the Winter Soldier z- is an exploration of how uh, how Sam Wilson responds to being an Avenger and being Captain America and and that dynamic with regards to race in the United States and, and how he can help in, in, that uh, situation and all of that. Um, And then Loki, which we'll get into a little bit, I think later on, it's, it's sort of this exploration of, uh, of morality and, and free will and, and and all of that. Right. And I, I think they're going into really interesting places with those series, but it creates a stark contrast with the movies, which are very much like, we want to develop some characters here, but we also need to get in like an hour of action and like, we need to have a plot resolve itself and it, and it creates a lot of problems. So I don't know, did you find, and this is something I want to dig into a little bit deeper too. Did you find that watching the series and seeing the way they could explore a character in that took away from Black Widow and the way that they interrogated character in, in a, two and a half hour long movie yeah it's true because tv series right you get
1: what six hours roughly there's six or seven episodes so you get that's what they're aiming for for most of these yeah yeah and so i mean that gives you a lot more leadway. and luckily too with uh the tv series is you've already introduced these characters beforehand at least in a movie to some extent mm-hmm. uh much like you know we could talk about black widow she's has been introduced uh prior to this movie of course and been a part of every movie since then uh, for the, you know, when we talk about the Avengers and stuff. Um, so, yeah, it, it is kind of underwhelming on that scale because, you know, I think now it's like when I watch those series, I search for more and as much as I, I but the problem is I can't expect more because you are limited to this two and a half hour window mm-hmm. of time frame where you You got to pander to your audience and, you know, being built for the screen, you know, if there's a moment where this character first pops up after, you know, forever in a movie kind of thing, or is that moment, right? Like, I think like the biggest one we can all speak to is, you know, when uh, Captain America gets Thor's hammer, right? That was like the biggest, craziest, like, oh my God, like that is the communal experience. Doesn't work well at home. (laughs) Does it work well at home? But, uh, it, I mean, you could argue stuff like that in Black Widow, right? Where she maybe first appears on screen for the first time after two years, especially right, right. with the pandemic and everything. Um, and the pandemic definitely hinders this kind of stuff too, because those TV series had come out. Yeah, they weren't during. supposed to come out first. Yeah, they weren't supposed yeah. to come out first. So now it's like, now we are making that comparison. And beforehand, you you know, eventually a movie would have come out that wasn't going to be Black Widow, that maybe we'd be making the same comparison. Uh, in essence. But, uh, that's, I mean, that's another
0: thing that well, maybe sort of speaks movie. to the idea though, that this is a movie out of time, right? Like yeah. it is out of the timeline with regards to Marvel, right? This movie, the As only if reason can... it wouldn't have worked better after civil war is because Florence Pugh couldn't have been in it back <laughs> then, but like it should have been there. It was already out of time, but even displaced by the pandemic and being put after the series it, it really it's just a weird spot for this movie to exist. yeah. I've started watching Loki
1: too, and uh, speaking about of it of time man, I, I cannot follow the Marvel timeline to save my life at this point. I, I and think I that's think that's the point of Loki to yeah. say it doesn't <laughs> matter anymore. yeah. but uh what's also funny you know when we talk about that stuff too is, oh man, where was I going with this train of thought that I now just lost? but uh
0: <laughs> shoot. Um, I had but a anyway, train of thought. I, I'll, I'll continue on with, with that same point in that uh, it's it's a movie out of time in its own universe that would have worked better chronologically. But additionally, it's sort of out of time with regards to the direction that the, the universe is going. Yeah. Being the first movie of phase four is really kind of odd for this this movie. And, and no disrespect to the director, Kate Shortland, but she's also not she doesn't have the same pedigree, I guess, as say like a Chloe jaw, who is directing the Eternals set to come out next or a Destin Daniel Cretton, um, who's going to direct Shang Chi Um, and, and so on and so forth. Like a Taika Waititi for Thor, love and thunder. Like the, the direction that these movies are going, going forward is very different than this movie. It feels like a relic of, of the Marvel past. And I think maybe that's a good way to transition into what this movie is and what works and doesn't work about it. But do you have any thoughts about just any final thoughts, I guess, about it being out of place within Marvel in any sort of capacity?
1: Yeah, I can only agree with you. Uh, it, You know, chronologically, it it's just out of place. And then it's just out of place, too. in in knowing, you know, the end result of her character and stuff. And it's just that that pandemic man this hindered Mm -hmm. another movie kind of thing because it just really it's a double whammy for this kind of movie and it's uh, a little bit unfortunate because i there there was definitely entertainment in this and uh the break kind of helped too i guess we can go into the movie and things that work because it's like you know a lot of people such as yourself you're not a big mcu fan and that's uh, true <laughs> i i do watch obviously a lot of the mcus and you know for me it's just i'm kind of like just like this movie it's like it's all right like kind of thing mm-hmm. like i'm not against watching them i have fun with them they entertain yeah. me that's what they're there for um so having that refreshing break away from movies uh not necessarily in theaters but regardless of how it went, would have been that one year like or one and a half year span of no nothing being released in theaters as they move into this phase four
0: mm-hmm. uh, is also
1: kind of refreshing because it's like okay here we are and you know it's kind of cool that because this is going to be the first this was the first phase four movie and we get introduced to some refreshing characters uh that you instantly you know fall in love with kind of thing like okay if you know Florence Pugh is going to take over um I'm in like You're I'm down, down <laughs> yeah so I mean that's what's cool um so yeah there, I mean there are still elements of this movie that I I did enjoy uh mm. like I said the the family thing and all that definitely like hands down like those were the best moments in this movie. Uh, I'm, I'm never against the MCU jokes. The only problem that I'm starting to have with them, it's like you get these, you know, we talk about these family moments and these are the best parts and it's super serious and stuff. And mm-hmm. it's like, man, you kind of ruined some of these moments with a joke. Not, not that I still don't laugh How at How many the joke. fucking
0: times did someone make a joke about her being an Avenger? <laughs> oh, you're Avenger friends. Why don't you get one of them? it's just like, <laughs> all right, we, we get it. She's an Avenger. You've said it 10 times.
1: Yes, but, yeah, sometimes the jokes itself, as much as you still chuckle at them or laugh at them, which you know, I do. Uh, there's just moments that were either tender or serious and stuff. And mm-hmm. it's like, man, you kind of ruined the moment th- kind of thing. So,
0: yeah, uh, so we didn't really establish exactly like the the mechanics of the of the plot here. and and essentially, so this movie opens oh. up on, sorry, Cody. I had to do it to you. Um, no, <laughs> so we open up in what a, a small town in Ohio. In the, yes. the introductory scene, with like a it's, she's got to be like ten, maybe ten um, year old Natasha uh, Romanoff, with sort of a, a pseudo family that is David Harbour's the dad and um, Rachel Weiss is her mom, and then she's got a, a younger sister, and they're Russian plants in the United States. And I found the opening sequence of this movie really compelling in in a couple ways. I thought it was the best action of the movie. They're uh, essentially they retrieve some sort of data, David Harbour steals some sort of data, and they have to escape Ohio and get back to the to it was not the Soviet Union at this time, which actually speaks to another reason this movie doesn't really work because like, the Soviet spy angle of things doesn't quite translate to an era in which the Soviets don't exist. But whatever. That doesn't really matter the uh the car chase and the the plane escape that is like some of the the most thrilling action in the whole movie but don't forget about more, american pie i um, sure american pie even more exhilarating is this like you said this established family dynamic of you know nat standing up for her sister and these um uh, david harbour and rachel vice's characters not wanting to leave um, this sort of uh, fake home that they've created for themselves. And and it, it sets the stage for something really exciting. And then, you know, plane lands and we get into this, this plot about um, essentially how this Russian general was kidnapping young Russian girls and um, basically um, sterilizing them, training them to be killers and mind controlling them. And uh, natasha the black widow has to uh team up with her family uh from the intro that she has not seen since then to take down this uh this general drakov and i don't know how did how did you feel about the intro just to to cut myself off there like what what did you think about that like was that as compelling for you as it was for me yeah the intro was very compelling
1: um and yeah like we have never really had a movie where it starts off with a bang and maybe that is luckily that we've already been introduced to this character the problem then i have with that this is one of those there is just a backhand front hand kind of thing black and white <laughs> for this movie every step of the way because every time i say i like something then there's something mm-hmm. it's like then you get into you know right her younger days are now gone we do get this whole backstory of her growing up as a spy because of being trained and the way she was just taken away kind of thing uh I mean, how long does it actually then take for her to like actually appear in the sequences that you would expect Mm -hmm. in a movie, maybe such as this? Because it's like we wait almost half the movie, I feel like before, like things really less than that, but but pick up again. And it's because I don't know, there's like I again, I am (laughs) not good with the MCU comics any by any means. I know one of the biggest things like in this one, you know, we talk about the family and stuff. And we talk about what would be the protagonist in this, which I believe would be uh what was it, the Taskmaster, right? It was like the Oh the antagonist. Yeah, the uh oh, the yeah, villain. antagonist villain villain yeah.
0: in this movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's such such a shit villain.
1: Yeah, which I know a lot of people are upset with because I guess in the comics there's a lot more to this character uh than what was definitely portrayed in this movie, which I agree was not very good. Uh and it, and let, it does... let me pause
0: you there. Can we throw a quick spoiler warning down here and just say that Taskmaster would have been infinitely better if it was Rachel Weiss in the suit instead of Drakov's daughter? If that is what you need to get by, we can... Don't, don't you think it would have been way better if, if her mom was the, one was in the, the suit. villain trying to hunt her down? Wouldn't that After. have have just like reiterated and circled back to the theme of abandonment like ah, I don't know being Draco's daughter that that's just nonsense just a terrible decision sorry <laughs> carry on so but yeah I just
1: those are some also thoughts I have but yeah initial scenes I, I love the action sequence in the beginnings and stuff mm-hmm. it really like grabs your attention and uh, it, it definitely keeps your focus so yeah so,
0: a little bit well, refreshing there. I, I'm just going to shit all over this movie from this point out, because oh. I think after that introduction, the movie gets really bad. Like, I I mean, Florence Pugh showing Florence up. Florence Pugh rocks. Love it. Florence Pugh. She's awesome. Every time she's on a, on the screen, this movie is delightful. Um, and then as soon as they move the camera anywhere else, it sucks. All but, right. Now shit on it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so this movie does not really dig into family dynamics much at all. Um, as funny as David Harbour can be in certain scenes, his character is paper thin and that is still somehow a deeper character than Rachel Weisz's character is the mom who gets no explanation for her motivations or decisions that, that she makes. Um, it's really disappointing. and And the movie just turns into this muddled mess of these action sequences that look really terrible. Like, when they're trying to escape the red room and there's just fire explosions in the background everywhere, it looks like it's like the CGI looks like it's a nineties movie, uh, and a low budget one at that. Like it's really, really bad. Um, just in terms of, of engaging visually, uh, thematically, it almost completely abandons any attempt to be about, you know, family and abandonment and just retcons it into this, like, Again, weird Drakov's daughter thing. That literally the only establishment, and I had to be told this. Um, I didn't. I did not know in the moment. The only establishment of Drakov's daughter being a thing was one line that Loki says in the uh, original Avengers movie that just kind of flies under the radar. Uh, it, it's baffling to me. Like this movie is so disengaging after that interesting uh, opening segment. That it's just not even entertaining to watch. Like I found myself really bored throughout the movie uh, because I I could not care less about what Rachel Vice's character was doing, what David Harbour's character was doing, any of the action sequences. It tried to be this story about um, a sort of like me too Harvey Weinstein thing, which which is cool, but it didn't really want to get into that either. Um, obviously, because that's like a controversial thing i guess but marvel didn't want to dive headfirst into that so it just ended being up being this like sort of like quasi girl power movie sort of like the scene in Endgame where they gather all the girl uh, heroes together and try and say feminism but like it it's not actually like meaningful um roles or um uh, representation for these for these uh women characters and it just to me this movie just doesn't get anything right after like a promising opening sequence and it's really frustrating to me i I don't know what what do you think about (laughs) the rest of this movie i i personally didn't really have a problem with the action scenes yes they're a little
1: over the top they're a little absurd and whatnot. And obviously that's what you should come to expect out of Marvel. So it's like, I expected it and I was fine with all that kind of stuff unfolding. I think what you're alluding to mostly is something that has to do with, we talked about it in the beginning. We talked about these check boxes where you have all these writers mm-hmm. in a room and these check boxes have to be made. And I think there's decisions definitely made within the script. And that's where I want to allude to where mm-hmm. I feel like Florence Pugh's character did the best she could with the script that was provided to her. David Harbour's character, you know, Red Guardian with what the script was provided to her. And, you know, all of the characters essentially, right? It's like, here is the script you're provided with and you're going to have to do the best you can because whether there is a backstory there or not for you, uh, we, we need you to follow this. You know, this is our check boxes and you're right. When you talk about these things that could be more personable, whether it's the abandonment or whether it's more in the me too, like movement, what anything that has that controversy, they will, like I said, they'll break it up with a joke or, you know, yeah. try and lighten the mood. Cause that, that is not the route that they want to take when it comes to Marvel movies. And I feel like you get more of that controversy, not to go back into the TV shows of it all. Um, and that's why I still make that comparison though, only because I feel like there were those moments when we talk about the family, uh, that really alluded to what I felt in the same ways I've really come to enjoy a lot of these shows where it's more critical thinking. It's more, You know, Mm -hmm. uh, we know we talk about this. I've been talking about this black and white, too, with how this movie's played out with good and bad. But there's that black and white I like, too, of, you know, someone's conscience, too. Like, was this person really good? Was this person really bad? Were their intentions good? Were their intentions bad? Mm -hmm. And I like that kind of stuff more. I like when you get to have more of that critical thinking. Um, The problem is I'm not, I guess, the major fan base that this is appealing to or whatnot where it's like when you have this fan base, when you have these people who read the comics day in and day out, who find all the Easter eggs, who make these videos anyways about all these Easter eggs with every movie, who know every character in and out. <laughs> it looks like you've been told things that I knew nothing about, about that one line. Yeah, would, you, in the mo- would you have known? Uh, like, yeah. There's yeah. no way th- th- these are things that I wouldn't know. And I take nothing away from that. Uh, but I also feel like maybe that helped me because it's like, I feel like I could just enjoy this for what it is because I wasn't disappointed in any of the characters because again, my, my knowledge of any backstories or any knowledge of these characters only comes from the movies. So it's not like I have that comparison to be made (laughs) anywhere else. So it's like where people get upset or like this should have been done differently when we at least make that comparison. Luckily for me, I don't get to make, I don't have to make that. And so I'm not like, right. When you read a book and then a movie Mm -hmm. is adapted from a book, I don't get that comparison. So maybe that's a little bit what helps saves this movie for me. It's because that's all I have to go off of um and unlike you i know you're not a huge marvel fan and stuff like i said I, i'm just like all right like i let's just go like let's just enjoy it for what it is and yes there's all that cgi and stuff big action scenes it's, it's the, the major check boxes that are made in every marvel movie uh it, i mean there's nothing groundbreaking in this movie there's nothing mm-hmm. extravagantly different about this movie than any of those other you know successful marvel movies per se um but in the end it is successful in that at least for me and i feel like most others you know it's enjoyable and it's at least uh at least you had one last hurrah kind of thing so it's like kudos see you later (laughs) kind of thing now like on to the next
0: kind of kind of deal so so i think that's the frustrating thing though is so so the i found out about drakov's daughter uh and loki's comment about it uh from friend of the show zach because we went and saw this movie together and uh my comment was basically just like, OK, so they just invented this backstory that like never was referenced throughout any of her other like what, 10 Marvel appearances or, or whatever it is. And yeah. he's like, no, it, that was referenced one time. It was one line that Loki said. And I was like, oh, OK, cool. And, and I think that's the overall frustration, too, is that, you know, Black Widow has such a, a rich history in, in the MCU Right, We get a whole arc of hers, even though she hadn't had her her own movie. And great that she did get her own movie. That's awesome. Like I know a lot of people were excited about that and the existence of that. That's cool. But her arc ended pretty satisfyingly when she sacrificed herself uh, in Endgame, right? Because that was basically her repenting for all her past sins, which is something that had bothered her for the entire time. So giving her another interlude movie that let her repent for her past sins individually in a different story. It just felt weird and unnecessary. I almost rather would have had the like origin story or something like that. Um, yeah, it, it just, like I said, and then the other story I wanted to tell too is so I read something that the director, uh, uh, Kate Shortland uh, said that, uh, so if you remember the, the scene where they're in the, um, the cargo jet breaking, um, uh, red guardian out of prison and he's they're upset with him and he makes a joke about them being on their period and it was like a really oh off off color joke like it it was really a poorly written joke into the script it's kind of and, cringeworthy low-key yeah and so your, your comments earlier about the script and just how these things are like really poorly written and like it just leads to the frustration of <laughs> the, the the movie and then kate shortland's comments were that you know they decided to keep it in so that way they could have florence Pugh respond in such a cutting way by talking about the forced sterilizations that they went through and, that, and that's a thing that worked effectively in the movie i think but still it's just like like you said you're working off of this this framework that marvel has in place that just kind of has the same hive mind working on all of these movies and it leads to really like unfortunate stuff like that and I just I feel like a lot of this movie it leans into the the sort of traditional Marvel way of like action first and and character last that that they've sort of been leaning away from with the the movie or the uh, series on Disney plus so I I found that kind of disappointing but I mean other than that I guess the the post-credit scene is is all we have left to touch on here right it's uh Florence Pugh will be back in uh hawkeye Woo-hoo! right let's go which will um, be a tv series i believe so right? excited for hawkeye now yeah but
1: it will be a tv series right it will yes yeah won't be a necessarily a movie so yeah it'll be interesting and we just talked about tv series not to get off topic of the movie itself but mm-hmm. we've been pretty uh fortunate i feel like those have been pretty good so um, yeah i'm definitely eager to see where her character and hawkeye's and the whole series kind of plays out there on disney plus
0: yeah. I mean, we just talked, uh, I mean, especially me just talked about how much we were bothered by this movie or whatever, but yet we're still amped for, you know, the next time that uh, Florence Pugh is going to be on screen in, in Marvel and uh, that's going to be Hawkeye. So we'll see. I think then we do what I know what we do
1: best and it's letterbox roundup time. Okay. Uh, so I honestly I had this movie at initially at three and a half guys, and I've done something I don't do really often, but I actually had to mark it down to a three because I actually put it into my MCU list, and with where it sat, I was like, I would watch these other movies first before I watch this one, and that's ultimately what I lead to. So uh, my final star rating is actually going to be a three out of five stars. Sits in the middle of the pack, kind of thing. Nothing too great, nothing too bad. Where does it rank for you? Of... Uh, it currently ranks 15 out of the 24, uh, Marvel movies. So
0: uh, a little, is... little under
1: half, but
0: mine yeah. is, I guess at 18 out of, Oh, I you're think. close to me then. Uh, I have the series in here too. So it's, uh, uh, it's 19 out of 26, but, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Loki. Um, my star rating Cody was a two and a half stars. This movie. So you might've been able to tell did not work for me. <laughs>
1: hey it's all right we all have our you know things that we like so and marvel ain't it for you and that's why next time we're gonna get a real marvel guru on here and really just hit us hard and be like <laughs> you guys don't know what you're talking about and i'm I okay with that. this five stars yeah where are you at five star review for black widow we want to talk to you i started singing bye bye miss american
0: pie drove my chevy to the levee but the levee was dry Riding, singing. This'll, be the day that I
1: die. This'll be the day that I die. Now for ten years we've been on our
2: own and moss grows fat on
0: a rolling... All right, Cody, we are going full Marvel this week on spinning the reel, as I think we've done before, but but this week we're doing a, a game and we're gonna do a little uh, MCU draft now. What was the last draft we did? Do you remember? You're
1: asking me to pull from my memory banks of this podcast. I don't even remember that. I don't even remember the segment we just recorded. What did we talk about? Oh, yeah, Black Widow. No, I don't know. That's a good question. I know we had our. Who went
0: first in the last game? Did I go first in the last game we played together? (laughs) Well, think, if we're going I I off either. who who won the last game, and gets
1: to go first for this game. It was me. I know it was yeah, me. You could no go first. That's fine.
0: I feel like Sweet. we do this
1: every time we do a draft. I'm just like you we know, argue? You, you could go first. It's fine. no, no. no you go first. <laughs> yeah, because then if you if you win, it's like oh, it's because you know the other person is going to be like oh, because you got to go first. This, this is a good. This is a big advantage to go first, though. Is it though? It could be. It, it, I won't even pick the movie that you would pick first anyway. I feel like so. I think we're okay because right, I'm go. going. Go for it. Get I am going. It. I'm going to play the strategy that you always play here. And I'm playing the strategy of the people because I want to win this <laughs> game. I am picking first Guardians of the Galaxy. That is my
0: first pick. Wow. Not what I thought you were going to pick. And wow. I am happy with it. Even after your comment, not what I thought you were going to pick. Okay. I'll, I'll, go, uh, I'll go Black Panther. Easily the best Marvel movie. Easily the best Marvel movie. Ladies and gentlemen, Evan
1: has said it. <laughs> And we, and we should ha-
0: say that we are not including the series in uh, in this draft.
1: Yeah, strictly movies. But I want you guys to know that because if you strongly disagree with Evan, if, if whatever I pick continues the downward trend of what he has just done, know that I at least will give you entertainment value. Um, if I had to pick another movie, I got to keep things going with a classic the OG I'm just picking straight up Iron Man dude I'm taking it It's a solid pick I'm not gonna not say no Tony Stark
0: has a heart so here's here's where I struggle unlike Evan because I feel terrible drafting movies that I truly despise but
1: oh he's I, already dissing the movie he's about to I pick.
0: know that it is a much beloved
1: nope. movie no nope. Avengers Infinity War Oh, my God. I I can't believe you've you've gone that that route so much. (laughs) I love how we're doing a draft on movies that, besides Black Panther, literally just go downhill that I like. (laughs) Uh, Why wouldn't you pick at least the three you like just for the sake of losing? People disagree with me. I can't pick Guardians 2, Cody. People hated that movie. (laughs) I don't think people hated that movie as much as you think people hated that movie. I think you need to. I think you need to pander to the it's audience. Next nice pick, here. Thor: The
0: Dark World.
1: <laughs> Thor: The Dark World. <laughs> oh go God, ahead. please! What do you got? What do you got please. for your third pick? Uh, I'm gonna keep things a little bit. I really, man. You know what? Now you're screwing me. I'm gonna go. I'll pick OG Avengers. That I want to get an Avengers minutes. in that's there. That's a good. That's a good call. Yeah, you okay. took an Avengers movie. I need to get one in there. So yeah. I will I'll... pick Avengers.
0: I'll go with uh, another one that is, I, I think, pretty widely beloved. One that I think is actually pretty good too. Uh, Thor: Ragnarok.
1: Ooh, that that
0: is a pretty good pick. That one was actually
1: Tycho YTT does a great job with that, and uh, I don't I don't doubt that pick at all. Um, if I had to pick a fourth movie, because I do, because this is a draft of five. Um, I'm also gonna I'm sticking just I don't know. I'm sticking towards the OG route of it all. I'm gonna just go plain old also Captain America. I really thought
0: Captain America the was first pretty... Avenger. Interesting. Yeah. First I'll man. go uh I'll go Avengers Endgame. I'll take the Infinity War Endgame combo. Ooh, the double combo. Hey, hey,
1: at least you get both. You do get both. Um all right, that's four for you and four for me. Now, my conscience is saying pick the Hulk because everyone remembers that movie, Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to tell I'm not going to listen to my conscience in this moment in time. I'm going to continue the draft and I'm going to pick, I think, another fun one because that's what I want to do. And I'm honestly just going to go with uh, Spider Man Homecoming. That's a
0: solid pick. I I want to get a direction.
1: Yeah, I need to get a Spider Man, I feel like, in there. I feel like people
0: are are pretty happy with the new Spidey. Time to pick another movie that I find reprehensible Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Just a piece of garbage, but people really like it. So. We'll go with it. I just, I can't get over it. If you win this game,
1: I'm going to be so upset because you just, even if people love these movies, how could they vote for the man? who's just like, these movies are garbage. They're trash.
0: You know what, Cody, this draft is for the fans, not the critics. Okay. Uh, Yeah. And
1: the fans should be appalled that you hate their favorite movies. And regardless, be like, you know what? At least Cody's movies. He didn't diss them. They're
0: at, no one cares worst about code.
1: average at worst average Everyone because they're all cares great about winning all right let's let's just sum up our yeah you <laughs> just you
0: got the first draft pick you you go ahead list all them right. off
1: i got guardians of the galaxy i got iron man i got avengers i got captain america the first avenger and i got spider-man homecoming
0: those are my five okay those were going to lead me to victory Let's see if I can remember all of mine. So I had, uh, let's see here, uh, Black Panther, great film, Avengers: Infinity War, and who could who could criticize that movie? Um, Thor: Ragnarok, um, great great uh, good time. We've got uh, Avengers: Endgame as well, Cody, as the uh, fourth film, and I'm all I'm adding all these to a list as I'm as I'm talking here, uh-huh, and then uh-huh. Captain America. The winter soldier. Yes. To round things out. And ladies I, and gentlemen. I feel pretty good about that list, you know? Ladies and
1: gentlemen, I know that this is a podcast and all you see right now or all you hear right now is Evan's words. I want you to know he rolled his eyes on four of those movies <laughs> that he listed while he was saying that. Like like rolled his eyes. I saw it. He was just so he's just like, uh I just hey, want you guys to need to, to know resort
0: that. to lying to uh <laughs> Win that. What does that say about you? (laughs) It says, I'll do anything to win this game against you. All right, well, we will post that uh list, our our own uh rankings here that we uh we have decided upon, and and you, the people at home, can decide Mm. who's it's
1: going on Twitter, you drop on the
0: Instagram, it'll be there.
1: Vote and vote Cody.
0: I know what this place is. The timekeepers have built quite the circus. And I see the clowns are playing their parts to perfection. (laughs) Big metaphor guy.
2: I love it. Makes you sound super smart. I am smart. I know. Okay.
0: Okay. All right, Cody. Like we said, we are going to be now talking about our second Marvel property of the show. We will be talking about the television series that we've just finished watching, Loki. And to join us, uh, we have a very special guest, the winner of our Oscars pool, uh, who (gasps) we just brutalized her name, apparently, in that episode. Joining us uh, for the first time on the show. Welcome to the show, Lama.
2: Hey. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, we're uh, we're excited to have you on. We know you're a big Marvel fan and
2: uh, not that big,
0: not that big. Okay, (laughs) bigger than mine. And then then you can leave. Forget this. Um, (laughs) All right. But we are going to talk about Loki. Uh, as is tradition, though, Cody, lead us off. What is Loki? What? I have to give
1: a plot description for Loki, too. Correct. That is ridiculous. I think this is absurd. All right. Loki is about Loki in this time variant. And there's other Loki's involved. And that's all I'm going to say, man. Time is an illusion. that Short, sweet, to the point.
0: It it's okay. I so, how, how,
1: how did he do there,
0: Level? Is that what Loki is about? I mean, there's more it to that's it. That's what Loki is about. Thank you, Lemma. Great. So, yeah, to, to expand on that a bit, Loki is about uh, the Loki that we see in Avengers Endgame. He steals the magic cube, the Tesseract. And then he ends up in Mongolia, and then he's he's like pruned by some magic uh, time wizards, more or less. He's taken out of the timeline. Owen Wilson's there. It's great.
1: Very that was much better. Show.
0: Yeah, very grounded in reality, for sure. So so what did we think? Let's, mm-hmm. uh, let's start with our guest here. What, what did you think of Loki?
2: I don't know how I feel about that last episode yet. Cause I just watched it like a few hours ago, mm-hmm. but the rest of the show was interesting. <laughs> it was very confusing as well. I have most of the time I had no idea what was happening. So I-, I liked it. It started out strong. I think I really liked it. I love the cast. They're all really great. And I kind of wasn't really feeling it. In the middle, and but then it was really cool in the end, and then the finale. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, but we'll, yeah, we'll I, think it was, so, I, was, I think. I think it was good. Yeah,
0: I, I liked it. Yeah. Uh, you brought up an interesting point there about the cast. So Cody and I were just talking about Black Widow a little bit earlier, and of course, Florence Pugh. Right, you big fans of Florence yes. Pugh on this podcast. Uh, I
2: love Florence but Pugh
0: Even though these Marvel properties for me personally don't always work. One of the things that's always been really successful about them is the casting. They just tend to get every character spot on. And uh, Tom Hiddleston, we've seen him as Loki for a while. Owen Wilson shows up here as a character named Mobius M. Mobius. He's like a time cop or time detective maybe is a better uh, better way to phrase it. And he's great, he's awesome. Um, I'm trying to think who else is significant. So yeah, in the finale, Jonathan majors shows up and just steals the show in the final episode, just incredible cast. What, uh, what were your general thoughts, Cody? Um,
1: You know what? I'm, I'm even going to one up the few hours of seeing the finale. I got done with the finale about 10 minutes before we started recording this. So that's where I'm at. But uh, yeah, I honestly, the ending was definitely like, it was a mind blowing episode um, in terms of just like, Whoa, what's going on. I felt like I was taking a philosophy class. Like what is time kind of thing. Um, But yeah, it started off strong. I like that all of the Disney plus originals so far have kind of taken this like, you know loki's been the best i think all the way from beginning to end in keeping with like the bit that they've like gone with right like wandavision started off with like you know the sitcoms and all that stuff mm-hmm. growing through like the years and kind of got away from that and you can maybe argue that captain americans or and winter soldier and stuff they had that thing going too but uh loki seems to to hit it on the nose the best in keeping with that whole you know that bit when you have all the time and all that kind of stuff Um, Which makes it kind of cool. I'll agree with uh, Lemma there too, like in the middle, a couple episodes, uh, because I watched everything up to the finale. I actually watched it in a day. I binged it in a day. I hadn't been on top of the whole Marvel Loki thing. So I also too felt that lull probably even more because it wasn't like Mm -hmm. I was watching it in stages, like on a week by week basis, like I'm sure a lot of you guys were. Um, So I I do feel that lull too that kind of happened in the middle. Like, you know, what? There was an episode, I think it was, I guess it would have been episode four. It just kind of was like, this This is kind of pointless. Like them trying to get off like the uh, whatever, the blowing nah, up like, planet. I did not like was that, that episode. Three? Yeah, it was yeah. one of those. It's just like, I don't need this kind of thing. Like this doesn't play well. Um, but then it, it, it does pick right back yeah. up again. And it picks up to this finale that I thought uh, definitely very, very cool, very interesting. And it, it definitely sets the stage for some uh, obviously future Marvel stuff that's going to be coming up. So I was happy with Loki. I actually, I, I do yeah. like it.
0: I just want to point out that you gave a better plot description of WandaVision and our Loki segment than you did Loki. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good job. Well <laughs> done. You're welcome. So so Lema, um, when you said that you felt it kind of drag a little bit in the middle, were you were you referring to the same thing that Cody was just now, that um third episode when they were on the other planet? Or was there something in it that just didn't didn't work for you?
2: Yeah. No, no I think it was that I um you said in your review or something that you thought that the problem was the chemistry between um, Loki and Sylvie and I agree mm-hmm. with that I feel like I was just thinking today about how um like I was sort of comparing his relationship with Sylvie um, to his relationship with Mobius for example and I was like I don't even understand what's going on with him And Sylvie, that kind of doesn't make sense. And I Mm -hmm. don't even understand why they're friends. (laughs) But then with Mobius, it kind of all makes sense. There is chemistry there. I understand that. So I think that was kind of the problem. And I think, yeah, so I wasn't really feeling that in the middle. But then, I don't know, things started picking up again by like episode four. So...
0: Yeah, they kind of just like abandon the idea that they even have chemistry. They're just like, just pretend that they do after that episode, and and it's fine. We're not even. going to They're both really
2: Lokies. They it. get along.
0: It makes conceptual sense. I just think the the pairing didn't work yeah. the way they intended. You know, like like you said, he does have good chemistry yeah. with Mobius. They have good flow and and good banter. And and then again, him and Sylvia is like me and Cody. Just just <laughs> terrible all the way through. <laughs> did,
1: you, did you find uh, that you too, Cody? Best Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, overall, uh, just to hit on casting again, they do seem to always pick up people. One that I feel like are unexpected, but two, just just fit that role that they're put into. Uh, pretty, you know seamlessly and kind of beautifully. And like Owen Wilson as Mobius, uh, he does fit that role. He fits more of that chemistry friendship role that he seems to build with Loki, of course, uh, more than the Sylvia character. I would have to kind of agree with you guys there where it's kind of mm. like, I don't want to say it's forced or anything, but it, it just, it it half of it's, are sometimes half the battle is just honestly having that natural chemistry. And I feel like that's something that wasn't there um, as much uh, as the two of them had kind of built and stuff. So I'll agree with that.
0: Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. even think the actors were bad. I mean, I think no. like obviously Tom Hiddleston's been around forever as Loki. What is the actress's name for uh, for Sylvie? It's it's something like talent. Sophia, right? oh, Martino. Sophia Martino. Yes, yeah. yes, Martino. and I thought she was really good too as the character. I just didn't think that she and Hiddleston sort of played off each other all that well. Um, let Let's jump ahead though to let's let's break down the final or the finale. I think it's time we need to talk about. What is his name in, in this? It's it's he who remains, but it's it's Kang the Conqueror. That's what everybody uh, was sort of waiting for.
2: Kang the Conqueror. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I thought he was awesome. I thought that like as soon as uh Jonathan Majors showed so up on screen, too. it was just electric. He's he's so good.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know what was happening, but I had fun, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah. The, how about you, Cody? I think? had no idea. Again, I'm, I, the problem is I don't know Marvel characters very well. So, like, when people get introduced into these shows, mm-hmm. I know, again, people probably went crazy for uh, Jonathan Majors as King and stuff because I think there was already a lot of speculation that he was going to be the next villain. I think he was already announced as the villain, right? In, for Ant-Man. For Ant-Man. He uh, was supposed little... to be in,
2: like, the next Ant-Man movie. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, I guess, in a sense, this was kind of hidden. So, it's like, boom, here he is. It's kind of like one of those moments. Evan and I talked about it in, like, the last segment, too, where it's like, it's kind of, it's kind of sucks too. Cause it's like built for like a big stage. So yes, it's like exciting for like the true fans of Marvel. Uh, but it would have been really like funny to see too. Like, had he been like, here he is out of nowhere, out of the blue, had it been like in a theater setting. So uh it, it's just so hard for me to speak to that kind of stuff because again i don't follow the marvel comics so all the easter eggs all these characters get thrown in i just until i see him in the movies i'm just like oh okay that's that character and sure don't you could tell me about his backstory all you want but i oh he I don't did know. too <laughs> <laughs> he did he did and yeah he was electric uh, in the last episode you know Uh, you you talk about this like it was just fun and he did Mm -hmm. seem to just he was fun on screen and he's not like your typical like villain I feel like we've seen in Marvel and I do actually find that refreshing as well um, just to see where this is going to take us Uh, again coming into what is going to be phase four and stuff so this will be interesting because he's very very energetic with his character and very Mm -hmm. just here I am kind of thing and the way he gets kind of like teases him and is his own kind of trickster in a sense and I, I like a lot of the aspects I think that he's going to bring into uh, Marvel here. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. For that.
0: That's one of the things I found really interesting about the finale is that Jonathan Major's character, he who remains Kang, whatever you want to call him, is sort of like a matured Loki, right? Like he is the Loki that got power, more or less like he is, like you said, kind of a trickster in a way he's escaping death. He's kind of pulling all the strings and, and Loki's story has always been defined by this idea that free will is, is constraining that uh, having a set path, having someone ruling over you is actually the better way to go. And that's sort of his whole plotline in Avengers. And so to have Kang kind of step in yeah. and become that it was a little odd in that, like the whole finale of this series was a new character explaining their own backstory, but that backstory kind of leads you into the idea of you know who Loki is and who he could become if he wasn't on this sort of arc from villain to hero and I, I found that to be really interesting and I, I sort of wonder because Loki's arc seems pretty resolved at this point so I'm, I'm curious uh, with the other big spoiler that comes at the end of this is that there's going to be a season two of the show so where they yeah. go from here will be will be pretty interesting you guys have any uh, any theories about that start with, let's start with you Emma.
2: yeah i i was i mean i was thinking about when he went to mobius in the end and he didn't recognize him and i saw um people uh, coming up with theories there were, i think the top two that I saw was like people were saying he's either in another universe. So this is like a different TVA, Mm -hmm. the different Mobius. Or it all just sort of started from the beginning. Like, you know, they all got their memories wiped or something and we're just back to square one. And either way, I don't know what they're going to do in season two with that. Mm -hmm. But I I personally thought they just kind of wiped everything and they all just kind of went back to the beginning. And I don't know if that means that Sylvie sort of took Kang's place or, if, you know, she killed him, but then he sort of came back. I, I don't know. But then his statue was there. So I don't know. I'm guessing it wasn't him because why would he put his statue there? So maybe it was Sylvie. And then she was using him as sort of the face for the TV or whatever, kind of like the timekeepers. But I don't know. So the real answer is that it's all of
0: those like. every timeline is one of those <laughs> answers what do you think cody yeah yeah i guess on a big
1: just spectrum of it all right because it's like there's a chronological order in a sense like c- but compared to how the movie is initially released there's there again with the true marvel fans if you want to watch this in chronological order like i know they've had like this breakdown uh what makes that interesting too is like you're right. Where's, is this the beginning? Like at what point now in the Marvel universe are we going to be in when Loki season two comes into play and obviously phase four and all these other movies, like where are we at in that timeline in terms of what, like, are we to assume all these events didn't happen, did happen, you know, kind of thing. Um, And I just like that fun and nature of just letting us second guess and just, I guess, let our minds just wander and be like oh where is this going to end up i think what's cool though too is is allowing that too is that you know loki wasn't restricted to a lot of the other actually the other two disney releases right on on disney plus you had you had wandavision which was guaranteed a what a limited series so you only were going to have one season so there was a beginning and there was an end to wandavision and i feel like too when we you know uh with the winter soldier and stuff and you had that one and you have that one that was also kind of just leading into characters for the next movies, right? This one feels like because it has that freedom and it seemed to go that route. And then sports like, definitely had that freedom. Cause it's like, bam, here's your, here's your big stamp season two Loki. And it's like, okay. And I guess, you know, that in advance, so you have more, you have more play and you have more freedom in a series like this. Um, which I thought was really cool, obviously, compared to the other two as well. So just a little bit on that. So
2: I don't know. I feel like this is the one, like Loki is um, more connected to the movies than WandaVision the Falcon and the Winter Soldier because we have like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and stuff like that that's coming out like next year. And also people Mm -hmm. saying that there will be some sort of play with the Multiverse and Spider-Man, all that. All think the
0: spider Man. yeah.
2: I mean, that all sort of, that sort of all goes back, connects to Loki. I mean, that's where it all started, basically. So yeah. it just feels like it's actually more important than WandaVision, Falcon, Winter Soldier.
0: Yeah. yeah, probably in universe. So that, that leads into an interesting question. So we've talked about a little bit these other two shows that have already come out. We're, we're through three series on Disney Plus now. I think we still have Hawkeye coming and uh, this year, yeah. Moon Knight coming at some point. I think we have enough of a test case now to see sort of the tonal difference between the series that are going on Disney Plus and the movies that that have been releasing for the last 13 years now. What do, what do you guys think, uh, and I'll, I'll start with you this time, Cody, how, how what do you feel about like the difference between the two? Do you, do you feel like there is really a difference? It's all sort of the same thing just over different time frames? or do you think we're getting different kinds of things?
1: I think it just depends on how you want to look at it. I look at it as we brought it up or I brought it up in the last segment. What I really like about the series is the character growth and development. Uh, I feel like you get more time to one, see the character and then two see what that character has to go through. Um, Not being thrown into like a movie, right? There's so many movies where we get thrown these characters and we kind of see their progression, like before black widow came out, right. We've only get, black widow through all of these bigger movies and yes Mm -hmm. we get you know small glimpses of conversations that happen that allow us to build this this character arc where when you get the tv series you get a what would be roughly a six-hour window to build said character arc at what point in the timeline or whatever at what point in their character arc we're going to build at least it expands on something right it's not just here's your character here's your two-hour 30 minute cinematic masterpiece kind of thing that, you know, they want to try and produce here cinematic masterpiece <laughs> <laughs> Threw that one in there, just for you, Evan, cause I know Thanks. these are cinematic masterpieces for you, but right. Like, it's not just a oh, boom, yeah. big I'm kind of so much just yeah. my absolute favorite. <laughs> so, I, I mean, that's just kind of where I sit yeah. with it. So I, I like I said, I, I'm just eh about like everything because it's like, yes, I still enjoy myself, but I don't, know enough to enjoy myself to the next level so when we get these characters this is like me reading the comic for me when i see the tv series because it's like oh okay here's the character development that maybe if i would have read the comics i would have got out of it yes i can't make that comparison but at least for me it's like that's what i get out of it i get more out of it seeing the tv series than i do necessarily the movie so Mm -hmm. this is where i sit with it all right cool i agree with you actually yeah oh my god please please repeat that. that Please repeat that so Evan can hear
2: it. I, oh God! He
0: never hears that on the show. I,
2: I, 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 I think I agree with you, Cody. Hey. Um. <laughs> yeah. I. I mean. I. That's my one of my favorite things about these series. I think, is um, actually seeing those characters. I watching the Loki series, for example. I realized that we actually don't know anything about Loki, and that he. You know would just show up in every Thor movie sort of die and come back and die again and you know we don't actually know the character but even though the character is actually really cool and a lot of people love the character but I think if you're just sort of watching the movies and don't really know much about the comics or don't really read much you just sort of get all your information from the movies then you won't exactly know anything about the character but I love that and and Loki, I actually got to see the character. And I think with, also with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we, I feel like obviously Sam and Bucky, they were always the side characters. Mm-hmm. And now I actually got to see them and get to know them. Zemo, I was so excited about that. Um, also kind of didn't know him, um, got to know him a little bit. I That's just one of my favorite things. Again, also Wanda never had a movie, we never really got to see her. It's just, they're really exploring all these characters that we never knew and also, Like Cody said, it's like we have enough time to really, you know, sort of dive into their psyches and understand them, you know, because we never really got to in the movies.
0: Yeah, believe it or not, I actually agree with both of you, too. I I guess WandaVision.
1: It's
0: crazy, right? We're making history on this podcast today. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. It's it's awesome to see because so we talked about this a little bit talking about Black Widow and uh, the comments that Kevin Feige made uh, in an interview leading into it about how those movies are really made to be events they're made to be explosive and seen on the big screen they're they're made for the moment when Captain America grabs uh, Mjolnir uh, and the whole crowd goes apeshit right that's what that's what the movies are about the series they really aren't all that action focused to be honest I mean each one has had a couple action set pieces, but they're more character driven. They're more about the relationships between these different characters and, and, an internal struggle that they're going through. So I I think it's been great. Like this is the kind of thing you want out of, uh, out of a comic book property. Not so much, you know, the dull things are exploding. I don't know. We, uh, we've been through this a billion times. I don't need to get into it again, but, uh, (laughs) Thought, I, th- I thought Loki was, uh, was very good. I don't think we do roundups for the TV shows, right, Cody. So we, we have Loki, not good. Loki good. Can I agree. We all i all agree. agree. Yes. Right. Loki. We kid. love Loki. Well, that's, uh, I think going to do it for Loki. Uh, thank you for joining us for this segment here. Mama. Well, we have you, do you want to throw any, uh, any thoughts about Black Widow out there for, for anyone to hear?
2: No, I just love women, I guess, all I have to say. I love women. I love that's Lawrence a, too.
0: <laughs> that's a good sentiment. Yeah. Fully endorse. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we thank never said you. it, but congratulations on winning the uh, Oscar pool.
1: Yep, you've won yeah, more games well now done. than Evan. That's true. Evan, Evan hasn't won a single game on this never. podcast.
2: I mean, expected. Okay.
1: <laughs> Lemma's, Lemma's coming on every week now, Evan. She's agreed with me. She has dissed you. This She's is the dis- new host. Yep. Goodbye, Evan. See you later.
0: <laughs> to Sylvie, everybody. All right, Cody, that does it for another episode of Spinning the Reel. We would like to thank Lemma for uh, making the accommodations thank to be you, on Lemma. the show with us today. That was pretty cool. Um, hopefully have her back at some point in the future. We will. Uh, we will. Otherwise, Cody, any uh, anywhere
1: that we should direct people? Where, where should they go to find I'm going to direct them where we always direct people to go, to the website, spinningthereel.com, R E E L everything's there, guys. Evan's reviews are there should have a can... review
0: up soon maybe a loki one too
1: hey look at that Evan getting in the reviews our podcasts are there if you already listen to podcasts I appreciate it just like Evan does and uh you know keep listening if you don't know
0: how to listen to the podcast how did you get here' <laughs> well, i am impressed that you did get here then if that's that the impressive. case but Yes.
1: Socials are as always still Instagram and Twitter will be on there. Uh, We'll have our post up here shortly, uh, probably within the next day for the SDR uh, movie draft with Marvel, which I will win. So, No, I will win. I will win, but we'll have that going. And uh, other than that, I think next week, the big movie that we're going to be talking about, you can hate them. You can love them. You can hate the whole movie. You can love the whole movie. I don't know where you guys stand with this, but uh, it's probably going to be space jam with, uh, our boy LeBron Welcome James.
0: Welcome to the Space Jam. Space Jam.
1: Space Jam. And uh, we'll figure out a, a second segment here. There's a couple of uh, ideas. I say we through. should do I
0: think you should leave season two. Oh my god. A full breakdown how about, of every how about, episode.
1: No, we saved that. I'm, I'm, we're spitballing here in the clip. I I say, sit. I say we save that for when Ted Lasso comes out and just have a comedy special.
0: Ooh, Boom. There you go.
1: Hey, thinking on I the need fly. to talk about Carl Havoc, Cody. I need All to right. talk about him. I don't know who Carl Havoc is just yet, but we'll get there. I think this close and our you know spitballing <laughs> of ideas here has gone on long enough. People probably are like, what the heck? Do they even know what they're doing? The then answer let's just is tell
0: them no. goodbye, Cody.
1: Yep. But I, what I do know what I'm doing, guys, is how to say goodbye to y'all. And that's like this. Bye. <laughs>